Good morning, everyone. So everybody looks like they have recovered from a football game yesterday. So I'm so proud of everybody for being here and smiling. So uh, Thursday the 9th, this is a big announcement. JT, I think you might have something to do with this one. Thursday the 9th at 6 p.m., there's going to be a special uh, concert here uh, with the uh, Gadsden State Choir. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Uh, Also, the Christmas cantata is going to be uh, December the 12th. That's a Sunday, 11 a.m., our normal time here. But that's one united service. So both services will be in here for that, for the Christmas cantata on the 12th. Um, Also December the 12th, Catherine Barnes and Molly Page are super excited because it is going to be at 5 p.m., our children's musical. And it's going to be here in the sanctuary. It's going to be great. And then afterwards, there's a party in the gym, a happy birthday Jesus party. You're not going to want to miss that. Um, always a lot of fun. If you notice, we also have our angel tree uh, up like we do every year. So I wanted to give you some instructions on this for the angel tree. Um, what you do is you take the, the top part here and you'll rip off the bottom that says the name and the, the toys you want to buy or what they need. And then you will write your name on the back of the angel and put the angel part back on the tree. All right. That way, if you forget to bring your items back, we can call you and say, you forgot to bring your angel, your angel items back. So want to make sure you do that. Um, the missions team and the Salvation Army want to say a huge thank you to our church um, for all of the Thanksgiving bags that you brought back filled with goodies for people for Thanksgiving. Also a huge thanks uh, for all of those who donated for our cakes at the community Thanksgiving. Um, And a huge thanks to the many volunteers from the church that worked at the community Thanksgiving uh, last week. Uh, This is my last announcement. This is a big one. This is a cool book, isn't it? So Pastor Sam has a Bible study right now, uh, The Heart That Grew Three Sizes. These books are $15 if you would like one. That way you can follow along with his Bible study starting next week. Um, If you don't want to buy a book, you can still go to the Bible study online or in person and you'll be just fine. But if you want one to follow along, you can get those at the church office. Those are really great. And I would like to call up the Casey family. They are going to light our first Advent candle. of Judah. In those days and at that time I will cause a righteous branch to spring up for David and he shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In those days Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will live in safety. And this is the name by which it will be called the Lord is our righteousness. We have endured these past few years and know that there is more to face before us. We don't know if we have the strength to withstand what might be around the next corner, and we wonder who will stand with us, who will have our back, who will occupy our corner. Who is with us, and what we begin to wonder these days, who will light our way and chart our course, who is on our side and who will welcome us home again. Home. The prophet Jeremiah speaks of a branch that will be raised. Jesus spoke of a son of man that will descend. Both point to a hope, a hope that calls us home, our true home, where we're welcomed and loved and included, where there is justice and equality and peace. It's time this Advent season, time to go home. We light this candle as a sign of our hope, our strong hope, and there is a way to go home, to the home in Christ, and it starts with us, and it starts here, and it starts now. It's the time to go home.
invite you to stand together this morning on this first Sunday of Advent as we sing together hymn number 203, Hail to the Lord's Anointed. Please remain standing and join us in the affirmation of faith. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. I'd like to add my welcome to Pastor Andy's welcome. Welcome to you worshiping with us online. If you write something in the comments, we can see who's worshiping with us. And that's always fun for us, isn't it, Pastor Andy? We like to see who we are worshiping with. And sometimes people from all around America are, wor are worshiping with us today. And we love that. Uh, today we are having a special recognition and a special time of hanging of our Christmas. Isn't our Christmas tree beautiful? I want to thank everybody that had anything to do with getting that up. It's gorgeous. 
Catherine and children are going to gather around there. And while they are doing that, uh, up on the screen, you're going to see a responsive reading. We're going to do that. I'm going to have a few lines. And then when it gets to the point of all, then you're going to respond back with me. So here in this place, we prepare for the coming of the Lord. Here we will remember his advent, his birth in Bethlehem weak and helpless as an infant. And here we rekindle our prayer, come Lord Jesus, as we await his coming as the bright and morning star. Will you respond with me? Hang symbols and signs of Christ, ruler, prophet, priest. Hang stars, crosses, triangles, the alpha and the omega to remind us of his identity, his story, and of the Holy Trinity. Good morning, kiddos. Do you see our beautiful Christmas tree in our sanctuary? Well, this tree is specifically called the Christmon tree. Yeah, you can come look at it. Come here. What do you notice about this Christmas tree? What do you see? Crosses. What else do you see? Stars. The crown at the top. That's right, the crown of of thorns, that's right. This tree is called Chrismon. You do. It does, it, it does glow in the dark, that's right. And this tree, I bet your tree is beautiful, but this tree is called a Chrismon tree. Can you say that? Chrismon. And these are Chrismon ornaments. Do you see it? Do you see this ornament? What do you notice about all the ornaments? What do they look like? They are symbols of Christ. Angels from the crowd. I see there's angels. All the ornaments are white and gold. All the ornaments are white and gold. All the chrismons are white and gold. Specifically, look what I have in my That's a good spot for it. What do I have in my hand? I know, it's your turn. A fish. It is a fish. And this, this fish is one of the chrismons that's placed on our tree. And this fish represents early Christians. This is how they identified themselves. They would place a, a, in the sand a fish that looks like this to show that they were Christians and that they believed in Jesus. So we're going to add this Chrismon ornament to our, I know it looks delicious, to our Chrismon tree, wherever you want it, buddy. And then each week we're going to talk about the ornaments on this tree and learn a little bit more about it, okay? All right, y'all ready? All right, Miss, Miss Catherine and Miss Molly are going to take the kids. Any of our kids that want to go to Children's Church are welcome to go. I promise it's going to be fun. As they make their way out, I just want to say a reminder uh, that this is the time that we receive our offerings. If you want to give online, you can, give, you can go and use our church app is a great way to do it. If you haven't downloaded our church app, go to your favorite app store and download that gives you all kinds of information about our church, our church calendar, and it's also a way you can give. You can text to give, you can go to our, our, our fumcgaston.org and give that way, or you can just drop an offering in the offering plate. If you haven't returned your 2022 uh, generosity cards, please do that as we try to plan for the budget for next year. We're thankful for all the ways you support your church. We really, really are. Uh, let's have a prayer. God, it is a blessing to get together, together with your people and worship. These children remind us, Lord, of the joy and the hope that we have as we approach the Christmas season. But we've got some work to do between now and then, Lord. So we pray that we would open our hearts today and that we would let your Holy Spirit do the work inside of us that needs to be done. If there are things that need to be cleared out so that we can make room for the coming of the Christ, then... Lord, do that work inside of us. And teach us to pray the prayer that you taught your disciples, O Lord, when you said, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Peace be to 
Thank you, uh, JT and the choir. That's beautiful. Um, sometimes uh, a cappella is, is even more special than, than when we have a musical accompaniment. I appreciate every single week the choir bringing their best and, and giving us that gift. Uh, today we're going to be looking at Isaiah chapter 64. And I, I grabbed this book from Andy. If you are thinking about something special to do for the season of Advent as you prepare your heart for Christmas, um, come join our Bible study at nine. At, excuse me, at eleven o'clock and at six o'clock on Wednesdays. If you can't come in person to one of those times, then you can uh, you can worship uh, study with us online. If you'd like to have a book, uh, they're in the office and. This is going to be our Bible study. It's also going to be our, our Advent theme. And it's called The Heart That Grew Three Sizes, Finding Faith in the Story of the Grinch. And uh, I no, I'm not going to sing You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch, although I could. It's right in my range. All right. I am going to read from Isaiah chapter 64, though, verses 1 and 2 and verses 6 through 7. Oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down, so that the mountains would quake at your presence, as when the fire kindles brushwood and the fire causes water to boil, to make your name known to your adversaries, so that the nations might tremble at your presence. We have all become like one who is unclean, and all of our righteous deeds are like filthy cloth. We fade like a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind take us away. There's no one who calls on your name or attempts to take hold of you, for you have hidden your face from us and, the, and have delivered us into the hands of, of iniquity. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I want to take you back to the year 1957. Some of you, uh, some of you are look like you might be old enough to remember that. You were all just babies in 1957. Uh, 1957 was a year that had some things that were just right. I'm going to say that America made some of the coolest cars ever in 1957. 1957 Chevy? Are you kidding me? The 1957 T-Bird? The 1957 Corvette? All some of my favorite, car, all the classic model cars. And by the way, if you're looking for a Christmas gift idea for Pastor Sam or Pastor Andy uh, any of those would be fine, you know. Um, even a model car of those would be all right. They're so cool. All Shook Up by Elvis Presley was the number one song that year. Another favorite. I mean, how can you beat that? My sister was born in 1957. She's my favorite sister. Love you, Susan. She's my only sister, but she's my favorite sister. And so everything seemed like it was right in 1957 except that it wasn't all right in 1957. 1957 was actually kind of the beginning of the Cold War. It was a year when the U.S. and USSR both uh, launched intercontinental ballistic missiles. They test-fired these ICBMs. And B-52s started flying around the clock just in case the Soviets launched a nuclear attack. 1957 was that year. 1957, some people look back on it as the best of times, but y'all, it was not the best of times for everybody. It was not equally good for everybody. It was right in the midst of racial tension that was going on in our country. For instance, 1957 was the year that a young man named Willie Edwards, a young 24-year-old black truck driver had a gun held to his head by the Ku Klux Klan and had to jump off Tyler Goodwin Bridge near Montgomery into the Alabama River where he drowned. 1957 was the year that the Arkansas governor called out the National Guard to prevent African-American students from enrolling in Little Rock Central High School. So some things were good in 1957 some things were just wrong so maybe that's why 1957 was also the year a guy named Theodore Seuss Geisel published a book 
that has become one of our favorites, let's just admit it, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. That was the year, 1957. So I want you to notice as we start talking about this, it's not why the Grinch stole Christmas. It's how the Grinch stole Christmas. Because we all know why the Grinch stole Christmas, right? It's because somehow, some way, the Grinch's heart was just two sizes too small. We don't know exactly what happened to the guy, but his heart was two sizes too small. And that's why things were just off. You know, the Who's were down in Whoville celebrating and everything, and they felt one way about Christmas. And then the Grinch was up on the mountain, and he felt totally different. He felt totally different about Christmas. For the Who's, everything was good. Everything was on. But for the Grinch, everything was off. Well, I want to ask you, Have you ever had one of those times when you felt as you were approaching the Christmas season that everything was off or some things were just off? Something was wrong. That's kind of the story behind the writing of the book, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. In a 1957 interview for a Red Book magazine, uh, Dr. Seuss was asked about the writing of the book and And he said that it was the day after Christmas, the year before the book came out. And he said he was brushing his teeth and looking in the mirror. And he said what he saw looking back at him was kind of Grinchish. And so he he got this story in mind because here's what he said. He said something had gone wrong with Christmas or something was wrong with me. And that's how the story of the Grinch came to be. So if somebody had asked Theodore Geisel who was his inspiration for the Grinch, he would have said, me. It was him. He was the one who wanted to discover what was missing with Christmas. He knew that something was wrong, not just with Christmas, but with him. And he wanted to get it back. Have you ever felt that way? I can feel that right in here because I've felt that way. Something's gone, it's missing, and I wish I had it back. I wish that I had it back because something's wrong. Well, imagine a time when everything was wrong. For Israel, it would have been the 6th century BC. Here's the situation. They had been in captivity all those years. And Cyrus, the king of Persia, gave them permission to go back to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple. So it should be great. It should be grand. It should be happy. Except that when they got back to Jerusalem, everything was in ruins. It had all been destroyed. It was depressing. It was awful. And as they started trying to rebuild, their neighbors started doing everything they could to hinder the rebuilding process. It was awful. And on top of that, not only did they have their neighbors working against them, they had internal divisions. They couldn't get along with each other. They were divided. So they were supposed to be joyful. Everything should have been happy. But in Isaiah 63 and 64, what we see instead of this joyful celebration is we see a prayer of lament. Lament. You say, Pastor Sam, what is lament? Well, it's, it's a Grinchish kind of prayer. It's a prayer that you pray when everything's wrong. The Psalms are full of prayers of lament. Pastor Andy talked last week about a prayer of thanksgiving. Psalm 100, a beautiful thanksgiving to God. But there are also prayers of lament in the Psalms when everything's wrong and and the psalmist is crying out from his heart. Here is the pattern, okay, of the prayer of lament. Here's how it goes. Uh, First, there's a remembering of how good God was in the past, the good old days. Isaiah 63 talks about that. God, we remember your loving kindness. God, we remember your blessings that you bestowed upon Israel. We remember how you loved us and how you redeemed us okay you remember a time when things were better and then the second thing is the complaint about the current circumstances right and Isaiah 63 again God where is your zeal where is your might where's your heart and your compassion you're withholding them from us God 
Your withholding them from us and our adversaries have trampled down your sanctuary and we are being ruled by those who are not even called by your name. So things are bad. And then the next step in the prayer of lament is a petition to God for God's help and a confession of sin. And that's what we just read in Isaiah 64. God, we wish that you would just tear open heaven and come down here and do something good. We know that we have turned away from you. We know we have sinned and we have turned away from your presence. But God, could you please send some help? Could you please help us? Everything's wrong. Everything's wrong, God. And we're just a little bit grumpy about it. So you say, Pastor Sam, you know, we're lighting the tree and we're lighting the candles. Why do you have to talk about all this stuff? Why is it that we always have the readings from the prophets on the first Sunday of Advent? You know what? I think this is the perfect way to start our Advent season. The perfect way to start, especially in 2021, is maybe to look up to heaven and say, God, could you just tear open heaven for us? Could you just come down here and do something good? God, we feel like we've lost something. Do you feel that way or is it just me? We feel like we've lost something, God, and we're going to need your help to find it again. As a matter of fact, we're probably going to need the help of everybody around us too. One of my favorite stories in the Old Testament is the story of Ruth. And Naomi. Anybody else like the story of Ruth and Naomi? Are y'all still out there? Did the ball game wear you out yesterday? Um, the story of Ruth. It starts out with Naomi and her husband, Elimelech, and their two sons. They live in Bethlehem, and there's a famine in the land, and they have to leave their home to find food. And they end up going to Moab, except they didn't want to go to Moab, but that was where they found food because Israelites didn't want to go to Moab because Moab was cursed. But they had to go there to get something to eat. They got to Moab. They settled in Moab. And they had these two boys. Naomi and Elimelech had these two boys. They had to find wives for them. So they found Moabite wives for them. Found a woman named Ruth and another woman named Orpah. Not to be confused with Oprah. Almost spelled the same, right? So Orpah and Ruth Mary, the two sons of Elimelech and Naomi, and tragically, all three of the men died. Elimelech and the two sons. And so now Naomi and Ruth and Orpah are left widows in a time when it was not a good thing to be a widow as far as just surviving. So Naomi knew she had to do something or she was going to die. And she had heard through the grapevine that things were better back home in Bethlehem, but she didn't want to take her daughters-in-law with her because it was not a good thing for a Moabite woman to come into town. They would not have been received well. Okay, I'm just telling you. So she said, look, y'all go back to your parents' homes and y'all stay here. I've got to go back to Bethlehem. That's just the way it's got to be. So Orpah tearfully said, okay, thank you for being so nice and went back to her family. But Ruth, as you know, Ruth said, I'm not leaving your side. Where you go, I'm going. Your people are going to be my people. Your God's going to be my God. And she stuck with her. And she walked. They went all the way back to Bethlehem. And as they are coming into the town of Bethlehem, the women of Bethlehem saw Naomi. And they said, look, there's Naomi. She's come back home. That's Naomi. It's been several years, but I know that's her. That's her. And Naomi said, don't call me Naomi. The word Naomi means pleasant. Don't call me pleasant anymore. Call me Mara, which means bitter. She might as well have said, don't, I'm not a who from Whoville anymore. I'm the Grinch from the mountains of Moab. Something has been lost inside of me and I don't even know if I can get it back again. But here's the thing, when you feel like something's been lost and you don't know if you can get it back again and everything seems wrong, you need to know this. God works in funny, funny ways. 
Doesn't God work in funny ways? Yes, God works in funny ways. And in Naomi and Ruth's case, God began to work to bring Ruth across the path of one of Naomi's kinsmen named Boaz. Boaz, whose mother, by the way, was Rahab, the prostitute, back in the story of Joshua and Jericho and all, you know. Um, But Boaz ends up marrying Ruth, and they end up having a son together named Obed. And Obed, you know, Obed is the grandpa of King David. You see where this is going? All of this, I told you God works in funny ways. And at the end of the book of Ruth, we see Ruth bringing baby Obed and placing him in the arms of Naomi. And all of the women of Bethlehem gather around and they said, oh, Naomi's got a son now. Naomi's got a son. Well, it wasn't Naomi's son, technically. It wasn't even her grandson, technically. It was the son of Ruth and her kinsman redeemer, Boaz. But you know what? When you love somebody... When you bring them into your home, you bring them around your table, then they become family anyway, don't they? Don't they? A few years ago, there was a story that, this one of those Thanksgiving stories that that you need to hear because of all of the bad news. It's the story of, I don't know, maybe you read it. It's the story of a woman named Wanda, Wanda Dench from Mesa, Arizona. And Wanda was a typical middle-aged white grandma from Mesa, Arizona. And she she texted who she thought was her teenage grandson. And she said this, as only grandmas can, be at my house at 3 o'clock sharp for Thanksgiving. Don't be late. Okay. And uh, she thought she was sending it to her teenage grandson. And she got a reply back saying, who's this? And she thought her grandson was just messing with her, right? So she said, this is your grandma. And she got a reply back said, can you send a picture? She thought her grandson's messing with her, right? So she takes a selfie and she sends it back. And then she gets a selfie of a young African-American guy named Jamal, who is 17 years old, and he takes a selfie and sends it back and says, laugh out loud, I'm not your grandson, (laughs) but can I still get a plate? (laughs) And you know what she said? She said, sure, because that's what grandmas do. They feed everybody. And that year, a guy, a young 17-year-old teenage African-American guy named Jamal Hinton went by mistake and had Thanksgiving dinner with Wanda and her husband and their family and they got along so well that it became a tradition every single year after that for years Jamal would go on Thanksgiving day and he just kind of became a part of the family this year sadly Thanksgiving was different because Wanda's husband had died of COVID. But Jamal quarantined himself for 14 days so that he could still go and have Thanksgiving dinner because, you see, he wanted to comfort Wanda, his kind of, kind of adopted grandma, because he knew she needed him. Because, you see, God works in funny, funny, funny ways. And eating a meal together, well, it can do all kinds of wonderful things. Eating a meal together can even grow your heart a couple of sizes. All right, hopping back to 1957 in the magazine interview. They asked Dr. Seuss, this is one of those predictable questions in an interview. What was the easiest book you ever wrote? And Dr. Seuss, who wrote many books, said the easiest book I ever wrote was How the Grinch Stole Christmas. And the reason it was the easiest was because it was about me 
It was about how I was feeling inside. The only problem, Dr. Seuss said, was I wasn't sure how to end the book. I wasn't sure how to get the Grinch out of the mess that the Grinch was in. And everything that I tried ended up sounding like a second-rate preacher or a Bible thumper or something. That's his words, not me. And he said, finally, out of desperation, I decided to not really make any statement at all, but just have the Grinch and the Who's sit together at the table. And then to kind of make a pun by having the Grinch carve the roast beast. I just had them sit at the table together. Because at the table, strangers can become friends, right? At the table, bitter hearts can become pleasant. I don't know how you're doing this Christmas. Sometimes when you come here, you might be smiling on the outside and you might feel pretty grinchy on the inside. And sometimes you can look up here at Pastor Andy and I and you think, oh boy, our pastors, yay. But sometimes we're kind of grinchy, aren't we, Pastor Andy? Yeah, I'll admit it. My wife will tell you the truth. Maybe going into this Advent season, you feel like something's missing that you wish you could get back. I want you to know you're not alone. If that's the case, you're not alone. And the second thing I want you to know is God works in funny, funny ways. So would you be open to some surprising new thing that God wants to do? Would you be open to having God grow your heart this Advent season. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for the way that you work in our lives, ways that we don't even see, ways that we sometimes are, don't know about until after they're already done. Thank you, Lord, for taking us with our grinchy feelings and growing our hearts Sometimes it takes the help of the community around us. Sometimes it takes a big dose of forgiveness and grace. But thank you, Lord, for the hope that we have of home. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We have our closing hymn, number 196, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus. I want to ask you, if you will, to stand with me as we sing together. Come thou long expected Jesus.
And now, Lord, as we leave this place, help us to open our hearts to the work that you want to do inside of us this Advent season. Amen.